Welcome. My name is Yvonne Bendinger-Rothschild. I'm the Executive Director of the EACC New York. This podcast is brought to you by the European American Chamber of Commerce, a platform where Europeans and Americans connect to do business. For our podcast, we ask members from across Europe and the United States to discuss current events and how they may affect transatlantic business activities. I'd like to invite you to listen to all of our podcasts. You can find them on our website at eacc.com right slash podcasts. I hope you will enjoy the insights our members together with my team have put together. And I encourage you to subscribe to the EACC podcast series on your favorite podcast server and to rate and share them with your friends and colleagues. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the EACC New York Brexit Musings, a podcast series that we designed to help you and your businesses best prepare for the possible outcomes and consequences of Brexit. My name is Paolo Frazzini Melendez. I am Managed Member Engagement at the EACC New York, and I will be your host for this series. We are bringing together experts within our membership who lay out the countless challenges Brexit presents, not only within the European Union, but also on a transatlantic level. The goal here is to muse about Brexit and to encourage you to take the necessary steps to fully prepare for the coming end of the transition period. So now we will hear from one of our members, the Group Risk Advisor at EE Corporate Group, Nemanja Eckert, whose episode will focus on the impact of Brexit on the physical and financial supply chains. We hope that you enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to a Brexit podcast presented by Nemanja Eckert, Chief Risk Advisor to EE Corporate Group. Today, we will consider impacts on the integration between the physical supply chains and the financial supply chains of companies operating across borders between the UK and the EU27. In order to understand what impact will occur on the fast approaching 1st of January 2021, when the UK will fully be outside the European Union, we must first consider the position before. Until the end of the current transition period, businesses operating across borders between the UK and the EU27, regardless if they were US, UK, European or other international businesses, benefited from the European single market. This permitted for their physical supply chains to operate a just-in-time delivery across borders without tariffs, quotas and or onerous customs procedures. It also meant that they could operate a just-in-time financial supply chain, allowing all of their subsidiaries and production distribution sites across the UK and the EU to benefit from a cost-effective financial setup, which could be centralized with a single bank or a single group of banks. This resulted from something called the European Union Financial Passport, which allowed provision of services across border, so not just for market instruments, but also for investment services, and most critically, for those core banking products that companies use, such as working capital facilities, term loans, payments, pooling of your liquidity, or deposits. So where are we today? Today, nothing much has changed. Why? Because... Following the signing of the withdrawal agreement between the 31st of January 2020 and 31st of December 2020, the UK and the EU have entered something called the transition period. During this period, all access rights that UK benefited from under its membership of the European Union continued without change. However, from 1st of January, there will be a radical and dramatic change. Where from? 
In order to understand where these impacts will come from, you should first consider the current envisaged relationship between the UK and the EU. These are defined in the withdrawal agreement, which was signed in October 2019, and the political declaration signed at the same time. The withdrawal agreement governed the transition period and, of course, the separation of the UK from the EU. However, what is of most importance is the political declaration. This document briefly described what the potential boundaries of the future relationships could be. And while it envisaged a trade agreement or a close association agreement between the UK and the EU, permitting a potentially customs-free or customs limited transport of goods across the borders, it only envisaged a limited field for cross-border provision of financial services. In specific, it only envisaged provision of equivalences. Now, let us consider what these so-called EU equivalence regimes are. Equivalence regimes are regulatory access points set up for third countries which would want to access European markets and European customers without opening a branch or a subsidiary in a European Union member state. This is important because if you operate subsidiaries or branches in Europe and in parallel subsidiaries or branches in the UK, you need this cross-border access for all of them to benefit as you normally do from a single financial facility. For example, a single working capital facility rather than having different ones for your subsidiaries across different countries or for you to operate a single liquidity pooling facility. However, there are no equivalence regimes of any kind under European Union regulation for lending, which includes your day-to-day -day working capital facilities or term loans, payments, including liquidity, pooling and or international payments provision, or for deposits. If anything, the equivalences are very narrowly limited to a number of market instruments, including swaps, trading, access to clearing houses, but also to provision of investment services such as investment advisory, cap raising or debt raising through capital markets issuance. Now, however, we also need to consider are these automatic or not? And as we know from news recently and especially from statements by the former European Union Commissioner for Financial Services, Valdis Dombrovskis, but also his successor, the Commissioner McGuinness, none of these have yet been activated for the UK. So what that means, whilst you would in any case have problems maintaining a cross-border provision of your core banking services needed to underpin your physical supply chains, such as, again I repeat, lending, working capital facilities, payments, liquidity pooling or deposits, you are also faced with the issue that equivalences which exist for other products have not been activated. Why does this matter? For a very simple reason. From 1st of January 2021, which is just under three months away, if you operate a typical financial setup, which I've evidenced over 16 years in banking with my clients across Europe, whereby your distribution, production, mining, uh, manufacturing sites, which span the UK, generally the Netherlands, Germany or France and or Poland or other member states, will all draw and use a single working capital facility. Yet, from the 1st of January 2021, it is highly likely, aside from some time-limited circumstances in countries like Germany or Netherlands, that your subsidiaries that have benefited from such a centralized facility may not be able to access them anymore. Similarly, 
if your facility was based in the EU, your UK subsidiaries may not be able to access it. Now, you may ask yourself and myself, well, Nemanja, why does this matter? We have been told to focus on our physical supply chains to make sure goods can actually move across borders. All this financial uh, engineering is in the background. Banks will sort it out. Well, the reason why you need to address it is that unless you have a setup in place which recognizes the new future, your subsidiaries may not be able to pay your suppliers in time. You may not be able to transfer liquidity to them to pay wages to operate the facilities aside from potentially costly from perspective of tax or transfer fees and even in time costly intra-company transfers. Now, at this point, one could ask, well, what can one do? And the answer to that is actually very straightforward. Yes, you could rely on banks doing everything in the background for yourself. Whilst a number of banks may be able to do that, and we're talking about extremely large global entities, others may not. Why? Because they may not have opened up a subsidiary in Europe. Secondly, you may then say, well, I'm sure that European Union will come up with something as a temporary measure. There, the news, alas, is not so positive. At European Union level, the only measures put in place and especially pertinent in case of a no-deal exit, are connected to clearing houses, which is the clearing of financial instruments and derivatives. They do not encompass other equivalences, and as there are no equivalents again for your core products, they definitely do not include them. Secondly, measures at country level, at member state levels, are different between different member states. And even if we consider some of the more expansive ones, like the one in Germany, which permits renewal or continuation of use of existing products which have been entered into before Brexit Day, these measures expire 21 months following the Brexit Day, which means they will be out by October 2021. But that is only for Germany. Other member states were not as expansive in their measures. That leaves only one possible mitigation, and that is for companies like yours, which operate normally across borders, you are manufacturing gearboxes, or you are manufacturing different chemicals, or you are producing finished goods, to actually reach out to your banks. And in the same way as you have reached out to customs authorities and your suppliers and your off-takers in order to rejig and rebuild your physical supply chains, to effectively review and, as necessary, and potentially likely, rejig your financial supply chains by opening up new bank accounts, setting up new credit facilities, setting up new liquidity pooling facilities. Be it with your own bank or group of banks that support you currently, that you have relationships with, but in this case, opening it with their local subsidiaries in Europe, or opening it with new banks setting up new relationships and new facilities with banks which are in the European Union. Because if you do not pay attention to your financial supply chain in the same way as you did and as you are doing to your physical supply chains, you may find that the mismatch in provision of liquidity or management of your liquidity may actually adversely impact all the mitigation that you have done on your physical supply chains because you may not be able to either draw liquidity or pay suppliers or workers or taxes by using those liquidity facilities in the right time in the way you did until now. Please do also note that banks take time, rightly, 
to approve any new facilities in that they need to carry out their due diligence, assess your creditworthiness, open up accounts. And we only have just under three months before the transition period ends. So please, if I may pass a message on to you, it is the message that I have passed multiple times in the last four years to my clients and or to people that I have discussed Brexit with. Please focus on your financial supply chains with the same urgency and the same focus as you are doing on your physical supply chains and your operational setup. Reach out to banks, start with your own core relationship banks and then work through to potential new banks as needed and set up your financing so that it's proof for the 1st of January 2021. Because alas, while a deal may be reached, a Canada-style deal as the Prime Minister Boris Johnson has flagged, it will not provide anything for financial services that even remotely resembles current ease of access. And if there is a no deal, that will make the situation even worse. Now, you may again ask yourself, who do I turn to for advice? First, I would say reach out to the European American Chamber of Commerce. They are a wealth of knowledge and their team is highly skilled. And if there are aspects that they may not help you with, they will have the connections and the contacts that they will provide you or help you reach out to in order to find the answers that you seek. Secondly, reach out to your banks. And thirdly, reach out to companies like our own, who are members of the EACC, who have had to deal with this for the last four years and who have also helped other companies understand and assess the gravity of the impact of Brexit. Last but not least, I wish you a safe end to the Brexit transition. I wish you a safe and smooth sailing through the current COVID pandemic times. And I do hope to see all of you in 2021, positive, optimistic, building the economy of the 21st century and all of us helping each other help the economy and the population. Thank you. I would like to thank our speaker, Nemanja Eka, the Group Risk Advisor to EEE Corporate Group. Thank you again for your expertise and taking the time to speak with us. And another thank you to our audience. We hope that you enjoyed listening to our program on the importance of minimizing your risk to your financial supply chain with Brexit. So stay tuned for our next podcast where we muse about Brexit. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this podcast from the European American Chamber of Commerce, New York. Please remember to subscribe and rate this episode and be sure to check out the complete list of recordings on our website at eacc.com right slash podcasts. If you have any comments or thoughts about this series, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us at membership at eaccny.com to learn more about our work, how to get involved, and how to join our transatlantic network.